When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there that's all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, especially on YouTube, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics.com, course the great folks at lakersball.com our good friends of the hoop heads podcast network and anything you can do to support all of these great entities it is sincerely appreciated well i'm keeping my fingers crossed because we've been playing with some technical gremlins for weeks now but i'm glad to have this guy back on we have been at it and i thank him so much for his perseverance because we want to talk lakers and as i was on the last night's episode saying that Okay, the Lakers have this left as far as assets and this left. One of the things I mistakenly said was the 2026 first round draft pick they could go ahead and trade along with the 27 and 29. That is not correct. So I looked into it a little deeper. What do what assets do the Lakers really have left at this point in time? The ones they can use and the ones they can't. I go into it a little bit further with a great guest who is always the man indeed to talk Lakers the history of the NBA, and so much more. It is the man-man from Toronto, the magic man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out. Now that he's available, we think, to go ahead and talk because Restream, no likes, Sean Grice, but it looks like StreamYard does. It is my good friend. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And magic man, great to have you here, my friend. Looking forward to a great conversation in regards to what the Lakers still have left in assets at this point in time. And of course, your thoughts, I think you've been wanting to go ahead and and really talk out there with us because there's a lot of things you're holding inside because of all the technical glitches, but I know you're here today to go ahead and shed some light. Before I go into what the Lakers, I believe, have left as far as assets going forward at this point in time, I want to go ahead and give you the floor to showcase everything that you wanted to go ahead and talk about because I know that every time we've tried to get you on, you've been cut off, so... The floor is yours, my friend, on the Lakers and anything else you want to talk about in the NBA. It's the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Wonderful to be back, Podfather. I mean, and it's smooth. You sound smooth, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm praying to the internet gods now. 
Well, you know, I believe your show is uh, the best out there for just Lakers talk, Lakers conversation, and I mean real conversations. And um, thank you, my friend. I just want to let you. Can you send me your address after the show? Because the check will be in the mail. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> and you know, the conversations over the past few weeks have been have been really uh, spirited and. Um, I kind of wanted to just uh, touch upon something our our good friend Jamie Sweet was talking about. And uh, I love Jamie. Um, Jamie's very thoughtful. Uh, He he tries to be humorous as well, but he was very, very passionate about um, about uh, the kind of the rumors circulating about about the three superstars we have that are playing nice together in the sandbox to the media but as as we know that's not the case Gerald and um yeah. I I agreed with Jamie up to a point when he said the the um the rumors were unsub- unsubstantiated that's the word he used now for those not in the know of who the particulars are Kyle Goon has been covering the Lakers pre-LeBron. I remember Kyle was interviewing Byron Scott. So that's how long Kyle's been covering the Lakers. The other participant in this uh, uh, drama is uh, Dave McMenamin, McTen. They've both talked about how they've they've noticed LeBron's body language and uh, how it's, it's not correlating well with Russell Westbrook. And they're just not going to get along on or off the court. And Looking back, I mean, during the post-game interviews, you could see they weren't on the same page at all. Russell saw the game a different way than LeBron did, and you could tell it just came across on the court as a cluttered mess. Hmm. I I really just don't think that this is a relationship that's going to move forward positively. And just what we're hearing throughout the media, right, is – Jeannie doesn't want to attach the first round picks unless she absolutely believes that we can be contenders this year. I understand why she's hesitant, Gerald, when even if Rob's and Rob is a charismatic individual, I'm sure he could sell Jeannie on on why they should make the trade, but it it involves Kyrie Irving at the, the biggest the biggest wild card in sports, basically, on whether or not he's gonna show up day in and day out. So I understand why she's hesitant to do that. However, when you look at uh, the other teams involved, I, and I'd be interested in what you and and all our other fans have to say is. I do want to mention that, yes, I know that the first couple of minutes sounded terrific. And then also you sound a little bit garbled. So I do apologize to everyone out there for the audio. I, I'm not sure what it is. I thought I think StreamYard is giving you a little bit better connection, but for some reason the audio is still coming out a little bit garbled on it. But we're still able to hear most of what you have to say. Once again, it's the Magic Man Sean Grice. Thank you so much, Jeff, for the big shout on that. Also, as well, Joe Soros in the comments in the chat room. So hopefully everybody can go ahead and be able to hear you down as far as for the rest of this interview. I know it's something that a lot of people were talking about. I know it's something that bothered you a little bit as far as what Jamie. Sweet has to say, and once I get a hold of Jamie, hopefully we can go ahead and have you two on a show together so you can go ahead and hash it out on your thoughts on how the media is portraying this current Russell Westbrook saga. Again, it's still something that we have to go ahead and resolve sooner rather than later. I'm not sure it will. I'm still on the fence 50-50. 
I mean, one day it seems like they're getting closer to a deal then the next, it seems like it gets further and further away. I think part of the reason why is because the Lakers after, especially after this Rudy Gobert trade where an insane amount of first round draft picks plus first round former selections. And actually even this year's first round selection of Walker Kessler was included in the deal. So it kind of skewed the marketplace in a totally different direction that I think a lot of people or a lot of teams weren't comfortable with. And that leaves the Lakers with a very limited amount of assets with uh, something of concern on that. So your thoughts on it, do you think they'll get, actually get a deal done for either Indiana's healed and Miles Turner or the big one for Kyrie? Do you think they can actually get something done in order to go ahead and improve the team? I'm, I'm not sure if they can at this point in time. Uh, we were having this discussion, Gerald. I thought if if Summer League came and went without a deal, I, I really didn't see anything happening um, possibly before the trade deadline. Now, the, the reason why I say that is because from a historical perspective, and, and Jamie has brought this up many times, uh, Rob Palinka just isn't normally... Um, known to make a, a big splash like this, you know, either before uh, free agency or just after it. He he's usually very patient. And he'll he'll roll with the the punches and the um, the the cards he's been given. So I'm skeptical as if it, any deal can get done at this point. Well, right now, what the Lakers have as assets right now currently on the table, of course, are the smaller contracts with Stanley Johnson, Wenyi Gabriel. Obviously, those are of minor uh, counting as far as it's concerned. They're minimal salary contracts that are under or right around the $2 million mark as far as that can be moved. Also, as well, you've got THT. He is probably one of the bigger ones, the bigger assets that you have. But again, as a younger player who has not developed to the point where he becomes a truly marketable asset. If Because if he was really that good, the Lakers wouldn't want to trade him. But at $10 million, his salary may be desirable. And the fact that he is still only 21 years old may make him more attractive to some teams that think they can go ahead and, you know, just go ahead and be able to go ahead and, and move him on a deal, make him, maybe they can go ahead and develop him better than what the Lakers can. I know that. We've got comments right there. Can a trade just happen? My God, send Russ to Cancun. Uh, maybe actually of all the places he might want to go to Cancun, I, you know, I hear the weather's nice out there, but it's something that people still have to consider right now. If Russ can go, that's $47 million right now. So that I understand that it is desirable at some point in time to a lot of teams that are rebuilding. But the question is, is it going to be desirable now? That's the thing. I think that as it gets closer to the deadline, that $47 million becomes more and more attractive as where you get a better idea where some of these teams stand. If these teams are not having the kind of seasons that they want, then the $47 million, that really becomes something much more attractive come February. Now, that might be a bigger problem. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge problem because in that scenario, what you're hoping is is that you're you're playing – at least 600 ball you're in a top six spot but you also have the expectation that even if russell westbrook is playing well he's he's going to be traded Mm -hmm. so uh, 
and again, um, Russ and his work ethic are unquestionable. He he plays hard. He he does his best. Well, I'm not However, questioning him. Yeah, but the, I yeah. mean, from day one, I've told you this, my friend. And you know, I know I made the the colonoscopy jokes aside that I originally made on that YouTube video on the day of the trade and all that. I mean, the the thing is, his fit in the modern NBA, it's just not there anymore. He's the first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a great player and has had a great career. At this stage of his career, he's a guy who has lost his athleticism, who doesn't play good defense, who doesn't finish well at the rim, and cannot shoot threes because he's one of the all-time worst free uh, three-point shooters. It's not a good fit in today's NBA. It's not a personal against him. It's nope. just the player that he's developed now at what, 34? Is yes. He, yeah, 34. So yes. you're asking him to totally and completely change aspects of his game, which is really hard for a player at that advanced age to do. Okay, Mello has done, or Mello found somewhat of a new life at an older age after he was exiled from the league. That's great. But the fact is, Mello still had a three-point shot. He developed a three-point. He had an okay three-point shot, but developed into a good three-point shooter. That's what kept him at Portland, and then with the Lakers, that's what kept him in the league and brought him back. And and was he was willing also as well to come off the bench, even if Russ is willing to come off the bench, you still have the issues of the fact that he has not developed aspects of the game that make it conducive for today's NBA. It's nothing personal. It's just the player that he has become at this stage of his career. Absolutely, 100%, Gerald. I mean, if, if we look back at history, probably the, the two best examples of, of NBA superstars who, who really had to change their game and did so in a profound way was Bob McAdoo and Vince Carter. They were both, at the time, in their prime, the, the, probably the best athletes of their day. Um, both, well, McAdoo both, was one of, the, one of the best scorers of his day. Yeah, absolutely. But they both got a little long in the tooth and understood that they they needed to change the way they played the game based on the new eras that they were found themselves in. And you're right, Gerald. Um, look at Vince Carter. He eliminated the San Antonio Spurs in the playoffs with the, the Mavs. It, it's one of his big highlights that he hit that big shot. He, he learned how to shoot uh, three-point shots when when the legs were gone. He still managed to find a way to play 15 to 20 minutes a night and contribute. And McAdoo ended up doing the same thing with the Lakers. And I don't think it's reasonable to, for Lakers fans or NBA fans or even Russ fans to expect him to have that self-awareness understanding he changed the way you play because you're right, Gerald, it, it's not a fit. Any guy who shoots sub 60% at the rim and sub 33% from the outside shouldn't be on the floor. Like you're, you're not efficient enough in other areas to justify being on the floor. Yes. Congratulations. Russ stands. He shot uh, a career high in mid range shots the past two years. So in, you know, from 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 twelve to eighteen feet, but he he can't finish at the rim. He can't make threes like the Podfather has said. He really can't be on the floor anymore. Even with his his um, facilitating ability, he turns the ball over to, as well. 
I didn't even mention that. Yeah, so that's that's an issue as well. It's it's for it, a high usage player, it's a high risk equation, and that's the only thing. And again, it's no detriment to him and his his career that he's had MVP, triple double leader, all that nine yards stuff. He is actually a, again a first ballot Hall of Famer. Petting my cat says he stinks and he's a selfish player. Well, at this stage of the year of his career, yeah, it looks more and more like it. I, I agree. I know, uh, a Clock, you had said that you're hoping for the love of God that we get Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, forget about the flat earth and all that for a year and at least come and dominate. <laughs> you know, Clock, as I said on this show, he has to go ahead in this year of all years in his age 30 year, which is a contract year because he only has this year, if he wants to go ahead and get one more last nice, big, fat, multi-year contract, he needs to go ahead and perform for whatever team that he actually ends up being on, whether it's the Lakers, the Nets, whatever. He needs to go ahead and give him, uh, his, this team the 50, 40, 90 that he's actually had before with 70 games, not 55, 70 games worth of that kind of productivity. It's simple as that. Yeah, he he. Th- this is a maker. So this is a make or break year for him as an NBA player. That that cannot be understated enough. Um, it, for for those who are unfamiliar, he lost a huge um, nine-figure Adidas contract that they decided they weren't going to renegotiate with him. Um, he left a lot of money on the table through his personal choice um, with the, the vaccines. Um, so he needs to recoup a lot of the money that he's lost. He understands this. The pod father understands this. The NBA community understands this. He needs to show up and show out. And he needs to be one of the best players in the league if he wants another contract. Well, even if he has money. a season like this year where we hear only a few limited amount of games, somebody will still throw him a 10 to $15 million contract next year. He is still going to get paid at some extent. But the fact is, if he does not have a type of year I'm describing in his contract year, he will not be able to be getting that five-year 100 you know you fill in the blank or even 200 million dollar deal that would be off the table for him he would just become at 31 at that point in time a player that it could be a contributor but people really wouldn't be able to believe in at that point in time so this is the year for him to go ahead and be able to produce and if he doesn't then your your issue yeah you have a lot of issues and jamie sweet is actually in the chat my friend jamie good to have you here as well jim Faison, good to have you here as well Good to have everybody watching in the chat. Jamie, I hope you get a chance to check out Sean's earlier comments on his disagreement with you on the drama and how it's being covered in the media. Hopefully you get a chance to check that out. But well, I, I mean, I'll just I'll just throw myself at the uh, at the uh, judge's knees here and, and allow for a sidebar, if I may, for Mr. Sweet. Um, LeBron's body language playing with Russell Westbrook was almost, if you look back, it's almost identical to the way he looked when he was playing with Jay Crawford. I mean, Jay Crawford has basically fit 
in every single landing spot in the NBA he's ever played, except for one. There was one spot where he he and LeBron just didn't see eye to eye. For whatever reason, they never got along on the court. Um, there were reports that, you know, they really didn't get along off the court either. And the Woj bomb got released, and that's that. So I'll just have that as a sidebar for the for the Podfather, who's the judge of Lakers Fast Break. Me and Jamie are merely, um, uh, what's the word, um, lawyers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's up for the judge to make the decision there. But I think that the body language does not lie. And there's just, there's no way in hell. I think hey, I'd love to go ahead and have a Lakers uh, courtroom drama show each and every time. <laughs> and I'll take the judge Judy paychecks. There you go. Absolutely. I'd love that, those residuals. That'd be great. This is Raphael from NBA draft And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played sir well played yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks to, to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts hey lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I will I just, say, though, that, Jim, it is actually August the 4th, not August the 1st, but August the 4th, that actually the Lakers can go ahead and offer him a contract extension. It's the August the 4th. That's We're going to have a, probably a show on Thursday to go ahead and commemorate that to see if they actually do offer him and if he actually accepts it. Because I mentioned on the Sunday show, that was the title of it. We're not sure if, he, if A, the Lakers are going to go ahead and offer him. We're pretty sure that they, that they are. But B, we're not sure if LeBron will actually accept. So I know Jamie Sweet is saying, I'm not saying LeBron is happiest with Russ, but they've all made this bed and now here comes the sleep. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, yeah, they have all made a bed and now they have to lie in it. But I think they did. Now it's just the fact that they don't want to lie in it anymore. Yeah, no, I, they don't want to share the same bed anymore. And now that Russ has signed a new deal with a new agent, hopefully one that's not going to share the dirty laundry out in the public as his previous one did. Maybe things will go a little bit smoother. Maybe they can coordinate a deal, but I know that's something that his desire, if you read the comments from the previous agent, that seems to be what the desire is of Mr. Russell Westbrook to be is that he wants actually out of, of LA as soon as he can as well. Well, Gerald, can I ask you like of, of all the players we've, we've seen um, in the, in the salary cap era, Russ's opinion of being bought out 
is is very interesting. It's 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 almost as if it's a, it would be a scarlet letter to him, like no matter what happened, right? No no matter if he did get into the Hall of Fame, no matter if if uh, the accolades and the respect which he deserves, he should get his flowers keep coming. It, it just seems there would always be a grudge there that that he did get bought out, and and I think that. That's also a problem as well when you're negotiating with other teams because, like you said, any team that's negotiating with the Lakers, they don't plan on having Russell Westbrook uh, suit up for them either. So there are so many levels to this that, that are complicated, but like you said, need to be resolved as soon as possible. I don't think LeBron would necessarily not sign the extension if this situation didn't get resolved. I just wouldn't expect him to even consider it if Russell Westbrook is still on the team. If, if there if there is a uh, a resolution here, that he may not sign it either. But he would think about he would think hard about it if you did get a Kyrie or if you did get a group of role players that he felt comfortable enough going into a season where he could lead, think he could lead them to a title. Jim Faison. And by the way, everybody, Jeff, even cricket, the great joke that he dropped in our chat room. Everybody's been great on the chat room so far. Joe, Jamie, everybody out there, big props to you. Thanks guys. Yep. Jim has said the Lakers currently built aren't beating the Warriors, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, or Grizzlies in a seven game series without Irving, a Joe Harris and or Seth Curry. I would love both Harris and Curry. I think if you had to give me one, Jim, I'd said this on the show previously. I would say Joe, just because the hype factor, he is a wing and plays better defense, but Seth Curry, I think statistically is the best three point shooter in the league, in the NBA over the past five seasons. So you can't go wrong either which way, but he get in a playoff matchup kind of gets picked on on the defensive end. But you know what? Again, three-pointer wise, there's probably none better right now. Even his brother statistically doesn't match up to what Seth does. And then, of course, Joe Harris, if he is healed and he's healthy, he can play pretty good defense, plus also hit at a 40% clip from the outside as well. I know he missed that one shot in the playoffs that could have really helped them out. But again, that's you're talking about a 40% shooter. He's going to miss still 50 plus percent of the time anyways, but yeah, 40% would help anybody at this point in time that can shoot to the outside would help. That's why I know a lot of people are loving Cole Swider so much to be a full-time member of the team, just because of what he can provide for the team. And I will say that again, we're, we're in a situation now with, we don't have very many assets to go ahead and deal with. We don't have a plethora of things that we can throw out there. Shauna, before we go and before I hear some final thoughts from you, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and give everybody a, an update on what exactly we have. Best place to go, just want to let everybody know that gives you more detailed, kind of elongated version is prosportstransactions.com. They have a listing of what the Lakers' current draft assets are. Of course, like I mentioned, THT, Kendrick Nunn, those guys are $10 and $5 million respectively. Plus, again, you have the smaller contracts, the minimum contracts of Wenyan Gabriel, and then also as well, you have Stanley Johnson among them as far even Austin Reeves, which I know everybody got, don't trade Austin Reeves. 
Well, Austin Reeves is, is still an asset that you can go ahead and trade at this point in time if needed be for the right player to the right team. But for draft assets, I did want to mention that the Lakers next year, they have to go ahead and keep their pick. It is, uh, you know, depending on whether or not they want to go ahead and do so, it is eligible to be swapped by the New Orleans Pelicans, but they do, the Lakers have to go ahead and at least make the pick either end, you know, if they decide to go ahead and get swapped or not. So I do want to mention that. They do, they uh, actually looking for, they do have a second round pick next year. I believe they also have one that is currently from the Wizards in the Russell Westbrook trade that they got in the Russell Westbrook trade. So it's showing on their site that they've got actually two Lakers second round picks next year. So that could be interesting. I wanted to go ahead and make sure and let everybody know on that. For 2024, uh, the pick may or may not transfer depending on the Pelicans' options. So again, the the Pelicans have the options of going ahead and receiving a Lakers 2024 or 2025 first-round pick due to the Anthony Davis trade. In round two, if you look at it, again, it gets a little confusing because of all the things that have happened to the second-round pick. <laughs> this even goes back for... My gosh, uh, you know, the Marcus all trade and mm-hmm. all that. But yeah, if you look at it, the Lakers do have round two picks available, but depending on it may or may not transfer, depending on the Grizzlies Warriors draft positions. So that's still in kind of limbo. So that's still not played itself out entirely as of yet, but there is a possibility 2025. If the Pelicans do uh, do decide to pick up the Lakers 2024 pick, then the Lakers will have their first and second round picks in 2025. The Lakers in 2026 will have the first round draft pick, and then they do not have their second round draft no. pick. I'm sorry, because of they in the JaVale McGee trade, because they traded JaVale McGee and the 26 second round draft pick to Cleveland for Alfonso McKitty and Jordan Bell. So that's, they only have a first round pick in 2026, 27. Here's where it comes right now that the Lakers can go ahead and right now, dangle out there for teams they do have their first and second round picks then in 28 they have their first round pick second round pick they may may it may or may not transfer depending on the lakers and wizards draft positions so that's still up for debate right now 29 and 30 they have their both their first and second round picks so that's pretty much what they can go ahead and trade now the 30 pick does not is not able to be traded or not able to be conveyed yet, but next year it will actually go ahead and be eligible to do so. So wanted to go ahead and give everybody an update on exactly what they have assets wise. It's not a whole lot, man. And I understand after the Rudy Gobert trade threw things, everything out of whack in the marketplace, it just makes things a lot harder. It makes things significantly harder, Gerald. It it really does. Um, some In order for the Lakers to trade Russell Westbrook that and I think um, Laker fans need to basically understand this we're on the back burner as far as deals to be made the first foot to drop is going to be either Katie or uh, Donovan Mitchell those would be the the first foot to drop once that happens then I think things start trickling down because if you look at the free agents that are still available, Gerald, there are a lot of very good players who are still out there. 
Well, I know that, uh, you know, I know that that one half of Sexland, as far as uh, Sexton is concerned, I know that people are keeping an eye on him. If I was him, I would just take a one-year deal with Cleveland and just become a free agent yep. next year. If you're bet, I would just bet on yourself, you know, yes. because I know he got it. He's coming off an ACL, but if he feels like he's back a hundred percent shape, he is a younger individual. I think at 24, 23, 24, he is someone that I think is probably going to go ahead and bet on himself and just take a one year. I would not take an extended because I think he, if he has another 20 point season, he can get himself a better offer than what Cleveland is currently offering at three years. I think 40 ish million. I think he's the marquee name left still left on there. Who else of interest is out there for you? Honestly, Gerald, um, for, for some for some inexplicable reason, it looks like Montrezl Harrell hasn't received any kind of nibbles uh, for a contract. Um, he's facing some very serious drug charges. I understand yes. that. Um, well, Miles Bridges as well. So that's, yes, yeah, yes. We will not the, go to that. Yeah, we, we won't very go shameful it, and, and terrible things have been. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. But, that's, but, yeah. but uh, if you had to put it at the top of the list, it would probably be those two individuals. Um, there, there, there are still a lot of very good role players outside of that, though. I was looking at a list the other day. Um, you know, Blake Griffin is still available. If I'm not mistaken, I also believe. Um, I don't think did my, did Michael Green sign? I, I know yeah, he, he signed with the Warriors. With the Warriors, he did. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, there's another there's another sharpshooter going to a team. Yeah, you know what? Just just fill there's the not role. Much left. Yeah, I don't no. think there's as much left as you think there is. No, well, I didn't think there was you know uh, anything outstanding, but there are pretty good role players still available that could. Well, the Lakers could... only have one spot left currently. Yes, so they're leaving so that, it open on and, purpose. I know yes. that they've they've talked about you know behind the scenes maybe a return for Melo, but I think that they want to keep that opening for the Kyrie Irving trade if that still becomes available, or the even the Indiana trade. I know Jeff Green says Blake Griffin is washed. It's it, it it it's getting close to getting to that point. I think uh, you know the, his tenure how it ended in Brooklyn was not very. <laughs> Joe Soros says he's washed and dried. Washed <laughs> so, and dried. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's yeah. It's things are not looking good for for that. Uh, Jim says question for, and then I'm going to get to what's something that Jeff Green said here in a sec. But question for us: Would it be wise for Lakers to send Russell Westbrook home if he does not comply with Harris's plan? Maybe cutting him. That's a great question, Jim. First off, I would not wave and stretch that contract that is the absolute thing i would not do because to be stuck with 15 million dollars on the books even with the salary cap expanding and in the not too distant future a new tv contract to be signed where you will see an even larger bump up even with that i still will not leave 15 million on the books for three or 50 million plus on the books for three years agree magic or not uh, I agree 100% drilled. I, I think that that's not even the nuclear option at this point. You, there's no, there's no logical way you could make that decision and and try and live with it. No way, no how. I, I will say though that uh, you know I know that's something that Tom Laker Tom has said, and also I think Joe Soro has mentioned as well. If he is on your roster come opening day to just send him home, just do a John Wall and just keep him keep him at home, pay him his $47 million and just keep him 
away from the team because you think he would be such a negative influence on the team. I could see that. I actually wouldn't mind that because playing him off the bench, as I've suggested before, I don't think would be a good fit either. I think you either make him a starter and you try to see if you can live with it. But the thing is, if you send him home, you are seriously deficient at the point guard slot. Austin Reeves, I know everybody has infatuated him with him. The fact is, I would not make him your point guard. I think he's a steady rotation player. He has to improve his jump shot on 31% from three. If he doesn't, he's going to have a hard time sticking in the league. And But if he can, I think he can be a very good rotational player. He is not a everyday point guard. Kendrick Nunn, as we saw in, in Miami, is was not an everyday point guard, but he might be the better of the two options. But you need to go ahead. If you send Russell Westbrook home because you feel that he would be such a negative detriment to the team, Jim, I really think that you need to go ahead and make a priority. Whatever you need to do, the second-round draft picks that you have available, whatever you need to do, even get some type of Band-Aid for some veteran point guard that can at least fill some of the holes for the Lakers, at least get them where they need to go as far as it being somewhat efficient on offense. 100%. I mean, we can't we can't live with Austin Reeves and DJ Augustine in the point guard position. That's, that's Oh, my goodness. You're taking me back to Andrew Andrew Godelock and uh, Darius Morris days. My goodness, let's. I would see if you could try and pry Cole Anthony out of Orlando. That's what I would say, as far as maybe a couple second rounders for him, and see if that would would work to try and get him. I think that he would be the type of individual that you could progress with and not do half bad with him, as opposed to going ahead and say it, the situation could go all bad with Russell Westbrook this year. That that's not a bad alternative. Although I, I think he's more of a sixth man than uh than the true. Well, uh, yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, I'm not saying, but you would have to make him the starter. If you sent right. Russell Westbrook home, you know he would be a better option than Kendrick Nunn or Austin Reeves at the point because those guys are not primary ball handlers. They're not great distributors. They're not guys as second ball handlers. Maybe Kendrick Nunn is a, is an okay second ball handler for you. As a scorer, he's pretty good. With Reeves, he's a great rotational guy. I think that he can become even better. He just has to improve that jump shot so teams are really worried about him on the offensive end. But I think that's something that they have to think about in case they go ahead and they are stuck with Russell Westbrook come the beginning of the season and also what they can do as far as what they need to do in case they go ahead and have to sit him down. So, yeah, just some great comments out there, great questions. We're trying to do what we can. Um, Magic Man, we're going to give you some last thoughts before we head on out. But Terrence Harvey said, I think unless we get Kyrie, I wouldn't make any moves with both draft picks until we see what LeBron is going to do. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Kyrie is the big deal. I know that the Indiana trade has been talked about. I don't think the Indiana trade moves the needle enough, but getting a good defensive center and also a decent shooting Buddy Heald and Buddy Heald and also as well Miles Turner that could make the team competitive, but I don't think it really moves the needle as higher no. on the Western Conference. I do want to mention something that was said earlier in the chat. I believe it was by Jeff in regards to the future as far as going younger and staying younger. Obviously, going younger would be great, but the team does not have the type of marquee young talent that you need to progress going forward. Even the, the guys that they signed during the offseason, those guys at best, I think, are rotational players to get actual talent that I think will go ahead and move the team forward. 
I think you're going to have to look at maybe making a hard choice and maybe trading LeBron or trading an AD at some point. I know Joe doesn't want me to say those words, but you know, if AD plays well and the team still stinks or the team is not performing at the level, I think you've got to go ahead and start making these hard choices because you can get a lot back at what you gave up to get both of those guys in the first place. And you've already won a championship with them. That is also a hundred percent true. I, I, I think, um, I think if Joe really thought about it, he'd, he'd come to that reality as well. You you can just... Well, he is a big AD supporter, and I cannot blame him because he's got so much talent. It's just staying on the court. It's just staying on the court for him. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I consider myself in the same boat. I mean, I, I remember previously on the... Um, when we were on Lakerholics, I was I was still imploring the Lakers to, to make the deal with AD, even though Dell Dumps and, and Magic had gone public with it and uh, it was turning into a scorched earth uh, scenario. I was still imploring Lakers continue to make this move. He's, he's all 27 years old. We need to make this move right now. He's, he's, his talent is that great. And it was, and it proved to be true. Gerald, you, you said it time and time again, that trade, we do it over again. We won a championship. Well, in his first thing. year. Yeah, in his first year, absolutely. And he was great. And I'm not dissuading anything that Joe's saying in regards to the talent that but Anthony time goes has. on. Time goes on. Yeah, and, and time and, does go on. And certain players, they're not who we want them to be anymore. They, It's just things have happened. Injuries happen. The the grind of, of basically an eighth-month NBA season uh, grinds on an individual. And when, like you say, you've always said this, Cheryl, once you hit past 30, if you've got a sore knee or a sore back, then you're going to have a sore neck or you're going to have sore feet. It just and starts adding up. It adds up. And it, it just seems like it's adding up with Anthony right now. And like you said, Gerald, we're like right at that limit with him where he, he still is, he can play at a superstar level. Well, tell 15. me out there, fans. Well, tell me like this. I mean, do we all flinch when he hits the floor 15 times a game? We all yeah. do. We're all scared that it might be the time. So I will say that. And, you know, and OKC fans, get used to it with Chet Holmgren. Get used to it. You're, you're uh, going to find you know, yourself flinching the, yourself. The future looks really bright for OKC. I, I would love to have that many draft assets personally because I think that you could build a really good team and it really – I really think that you could go ahead and do a lot of things with it. So I really am reluctant to say, but I have to say that, you know, you know, much to my chagrin that Danny Ainge did a great job in getting that trade <laughs> done for Rudy Gobert. And if he was able to do the same thing with Donovan Mitchell, you're talking about, uh, you know, possibly five, uh, what, uh, another five draft. That's talking about 11, 12 extra draft choices down the road that you can go ahead and play with. And that to me is something that's really valuable for down the road. I know that uh, a lot of people are still talking about that trade as far as how it skewed the marketplace. Uh, some more comments. Jim said, in my opinion, a buddy healed Miles Turner trade would make the Lakers the number five seed. I think that would probably be an assessment. I'd say that four, five, six range. Uh, but it would be a first round exit. I think that would probably be a good estimation on that. If about four or five, even if they were all healthy the entire season, Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving, top two seed, maybe a title. 
it depends on what the Lakers have surrounding him because you got to remember, I don't expect going in it's for the whole team to stay healthy the entire season. I really think it's beyond expectations to uh, you know say that LeBron, AD, Kyrie, Joe Harris, maybe Seth Curry if he's on the team, for all these players plus everybody on the team, every major player to be healthy after their entire history. The statistics just do not bear out. But if you can get 60, an average 65, 70 games from all of them on an average, that would be a tremendous win for the Lakers if they were to make that trade. And yes, I could see a top three seed in the Western Conference if that happens. I I could see that happening. I also think that when you look at the NBA's uh, Pacific Division, this is the, it, it's going to be the AL East. It's going to be the AFC West of the NBA. It's a cannibalized uh, division. You have the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, and the Clippers. Somebody's got to finish fourth in that division. And if somebody finishes fourth, what does that mean? Does that mean you're fifth overall? Does that mean you're sixth? Or does that mean you're you're a playing team? It, it's really all dependent, Gerald. I, I really think the Lakers need to tread water within their own division. I mean, last year, they, they won a couple games against the Kings. Um, they did beat the Warriors, but the Warriors weren't playing the way the Warriors were playing when they were champions at the time. I really think you need to keep pace in that in that uh, division because to me, Phoenix, even with um, the Anthony, uh, the even with the contract, they're still a sixty win team to me. The Warriors are still a sixty win team to me. I, I don't think there will be a sixty win team in the Western Conference just because all those teams are too good and they're going to beat each other up. I think there will probably be four. 50 win teams in the Western conference, but I don't think a 60 win team just because yeah. I think that, you know, Memphis, That's a good Phoenix, bet, actually. Golden yeah. state, uh, you got Memphis. improved. Hopefully Denver's healthy enough. I mean, Denver, people in Denver Memphis. are talking about, they're, they're really talking some good things. I mean, you know, the Clippers, if they're healthy, they're loaded mm-hmm. one to 12. Yeah. Dallas, Dallas is still there. How the depressing South. is that for the Lakers? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, 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 I feel Jim's uh, optimism. I just think you you gotta you gotta tread water in your own division. Well, the key three point. words are if they're healthy for the entire Western Conference. If they're yes. healthy, yes, yes, because every single team has had injury issues. Uh, spot on, Gerald. We're we're in the toughest division in the NBA, and I'm, and I know people like to say divisions don't matter anymore because there aren't really any division winners. You can't put a banner up. But you need to do it, – it says a lot when you can do well within your own division. If the Lakers can find themselves in a competitive spot with the Clippers, with the Suns, with the Warriors, then we know this thing is somewhat working. But if you're – you know, if if halfway through the season you played 12 games and, you know, you've won three, that's not really a good indication that this is working. So uh, – and – we it's 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 got to be a different vibe this year man i mean we all said it like they came they just they didn't make adjustments when they needed to make adjustments and when you look at this roster although there've been there've been small tweaks with the youth and the uh, and some shooting not not a whole lot to to write home about but 
I could still see the same problems lingering. That we didn't even team... talk about the Mavericks. Yeah, they were in the conference finals last. Yeah, time. yeah. I mean, so and they've just added Christian Wood, one of the most efficient players in the NBA. They did lose Brunson though. They lost Brunson. That's true, but I really think they they fixed their their small ball lineup because now you can basically put Kleber or. Um, or Christian Wood at the five now, which is uh, Gerald. I think people are really sleeping on the Dallas Mavericks. I I think they're they made some really sneaky good moves. I think they overpaid a little bit for Javale McGee, but that was also a nice move for them to make as well. Yeah, well, I, I'm very impressed to see what's going on in a very loaded Western Conference, and we'll obviously go ahead and update everyone on what's going on there. And also the rest of the NBA as it continues for the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll see what happens with LeBron's possible contract extension offer and if he decides to accept it. We'll talk more about that on Tuesday, hopefully with Laker Tom, if he has given me the high sign that he's going to be able to come on. And also as well, Thursday for our group chat. I do want to mention again something I said on the Sunday show. I'm leaning more, and I've, thought, I've done a lot of research and thinking about this, if the Lakers do go ahead and give up the 27 and 29 for Kyrie, I think even if it's unprotected, I think that at this point in time, you got to go for it. You got to show LeBron, you got to go for it. And if he does sign the extension and it still doesn't go well, then you got to make some hard trades by the time the trade deadline is coming around. But at least you'll have the opportunity. You have a LeBron under contract. You'll have a, a Kyrie that's going to be a free agent. You'll have an AD. You'll have choices to go ahead and make that will be valuable out there in the marketplace to rebuild the team. The worst thing that can happen is if LeBron gets an offer, doesn't sign it, and you're, he's playing like a lame duck as far as him not being able to go ahead and decide whether or not he wants to go or already deciding that he wants to go ahead and become a free agent. And the fact is he's not able to go ahead and decide. You know, he's actually decided that he doesn't want to stay on the team long term and then he leaves for nothing and then really you don't have much of a choice left you don't have much of a team left if he leaves for nothing if you don't keep lebron or you don't trade him at some point in time for assets if you do with ad as well if ad becomes upset and you don't trade him for assets or you don't be or you're not able to maximize his skills and make a quality team around him the Lakers are really going to be in trouble. So right now is a very tenuous time for Rob Palenka. He's got a lot of eyes peering on him. He needs to make the moves to make this team better now. But if it doesn't go well now, then he needs to go ahead and have the stones to go ahead and make quick changes that will help the team, or at least put some band-aids for the team long-term. That is a hundred percent true, Gerald. And, um, just to just to go off your your brilliant analogy there, and, and Joe Sorrells' brilliant analogy that he's enjoying the show, and Sean's flat bill hat. I know the comment was made <laughs> earlier that you look like a retired skateboarder. I thought that was really, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good as well. My compliments on that. that. I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it. There's so much in the chat room right now. But yeah, it's uh, great. Awesome. And uh, John also, John, who's actually here on our show, John McCallion, who's on our show on Sunday night, says Kyrie is the only player he trade both picks for. Great thoughts from you as well. Great thoughts from everybody in the chat. But my friend, it's been a great conversation. I'm glad that for the most part, people may be able to hear you a little bit scratchy because of the, the connection. We will continue to try and work on it. 
because we really want to keep you a part of what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? I want NBA fans to really pay attention to the words and the rumors that you're not hearing. And here's what I mean by that. There's a lot of talk within the community that Danny Ainge can hold on to Donovan Mitchell for as long as they want and be patient with the right deal. Utah is is planning a full-on rebuild. And if they want to be in the, the victor sweepstakes, they need to find a trading partner as soon as possible because the more games you win with Donovan Mitchell on the roster, the more likely it is hood it is that you've taken yourself out of the probability of perhaps winning the lottery and and hitting on Victor. Um, that would be an issue for me, um, for any team. I mean, the, the, right now, the teams that are in those sweepstakes are Utah, Houston. Um, you could possibly put... Um, oof. If things really go sour, you you could possibly put the um, the uh, Wizards in there as well. But that foot needs to drop. The Utah Jazz need to decide that Donovan Mitchell needs to to leave immediately because we're starting this rebuild. Once that happens, I believe it'll trickle down and there will be more moves to be made. Um, I don't anticipate Kevin Durant being on another team before the season starts. I, I it, it, he could say whatever he wants. I mean, it, we we saw earlier in the uh, the winter, Debo Samuel told the San Francisco 49ers that he wanted a trade, and he's just been extended. He's just one of the richest wide receivers in the NFL right now. So, uh, I mean, Kevin Durant has no leverage. Um, he signed a four-year contract with no options whatsoever. He, I, I'm sorry. I, I realize the media wants, wants to um, play their hand here because they, it, it's drama for them, but he really has no leverage with the Brooklyn Nets. It's really interesting what Sean Marks wants to do here because, as Tom said earlier in a previous podcast, Josiah has, has said he'd rather have uh, you know, a bunch of 15 blue collar guys on his Brooklyn Nets teams than three quitters. And if you're going to have KD who said he wants out, Ben Simmons has quit on both teams he's played on. He quit on the Sixers and he basically quit on the Nets. And now you have Kyrie who comes and goes as he pleases. That situation needs to be resolved as well, Gerald. I mean, that there's a lot of... Pu- pussyfooting around within the the um, the NBA uh, and the reporters. I found it, I'll leave with this, I found it hilarious that Brian Windhorst knew a trade was going down between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Utah Jazz, but he couldn't report it because that's exclusively the providence of one Woj. So he did this stupid little thing with his fingers and managed to make himself into a meme for about a uh, for about a week. Yeah, that well, Royce O'Neal trade. Uh, yeah, that went, yeah, I know. Yeah, he, he knows it as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found that a little tricky. So I, I I want fans just to understand. There's a lot of pussy footing around going with the reporters. But once the Donovan Mitchell shoe drops, 
that's when things will start rolling. Trust me. I will give you the trust. I trust you and I will continue to try and make your connection better. I know that John and I am in the chat room have been going back and forth. The reason why speculating, I think StreamYard holds your connection a little bit better than Restream. But I, as I say, Restream, I like is a little bit more friendly, more more viewer friendly as far as dealing with the audience and also as well the look of presentation. But it doesn't hold the connection well. So we're going to try and keep on. We're going to make this work one way or another. Also, I don't want to put in the Canadian jokes because I love my friends in Canada. I love so many friends in Canada. So uh, I don't want to go ahead and pick on the possible internet connection in Canada. Just you know what? Just, just for I'll let my, you go ahead and say, say that. Just for all for all my Yankee fans out there, if if Canada has ever frustrated you whatsoever, just take a couple aspirin. Grab a glass of water, kick up your feet, watch Canadian bacon, and we'll love you just the same. There you go. But a great friend from Canada, indeed. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. We will try to always continue to get better connections for him going forward in the future. We're working hard to go ahead and try and keep him a valuable part of the loss, the Lakers fast break team. If you have questions for us, we had some Twitter comments last night, so we truly appreciate the, the feedback on Twitter at Lakers Fast Break. Sean, you had any thoughts before we head on out? Absolutely, Gerald. Um, before before we depart, um, has Austin Reeves settled on a nickname, a new one? No, not as of yet. I know that our good friend Raphael, had, you know, he, he had a chance to speak with him here in Summer League at Las Vegas. And congratulations again to him on his uh, baby boy that he's currently taking care of. So he's got his hands full there. But Austin Reeves, uh, I, I know that he did look good. I know he's in the weight room trying to work out. I'm just hoping that, again, he can improve his jump shot. Because if he improves his jump shot in the NBA, that will help him get to the point where he can become a steady rotation player for 10 years, as opposed to someone who had potential being role player for three or four. That, that could, that's all the difference right there is the jump shot. So yes. you had some thoughts before we head on out. Actually I did. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about it and I understand why, why he doesn't like his, his current nickname. And I applaud him for, for wanting to, uh, depart from it and and get that imagery so to speak out of people's minds when when it comes to athletes and when it comes to that situation in general good for him i think you know to honor his his background and sort of in a way honor you know the kind of game he has i was uh, i was gonna say I, i feel like calling him razor wire you know he's a former razorback he's from that uh area and uh, he is very wiry. He's not your your typical three and D player. He he was you know a little little you know he's he's kind of a serrated blade. He's he's not cut very smooth. It's very edgy. His game is very edgy. There's a lot of imperfections, but it's it's to me it's more of like a wabi sabi. It's you know finding the beauty in the imperfection. I I was just thinking if. If uh, you know Razor Wire would uh, would be a good nickname for him, honoring his his background and and his game. There you go. I don't want to send it to. If he's on social media, hit him up, man. Hit him up. Hit him up. All right, I I, I will see what. Then he make sure about you it. let him know that the Lakers fast break should get credit on that. Magic Man with the Lakers fast break should get credit on the new nickname. 
for well, Austin Reeves. Gerald, on the off chance that Mr. Austin Reeves would ever come on the Lakers fast break, um, could I invite him on your behalf? Absolutely. Actually, absolutely. That's that's something that we'll get down the road as far as, as we build larger and larger. I hope to get those marquee interviews. Already had some pretty good interviews with people in and around the Lakers scene. Obviously, the people behind uh, the, the the great show as far as what we've seen from winning time. I was hopefully able to go ahead and provide some insight into that recently. So I'm glad we can go ahead and provide that. But yeah, we've had some great interviews with some people all around the world on the Lakers and the NBA. So yeah, absolutely. Anytime I can interview any Lakers, I'm hoping they'll be able to open up a little bit to us. That would be great right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Fantastic, Gerald. I, I, I've just applauded your, your interviews, particularly with Jeff Perlman. Um, yes. it, they're fantastic. I mean, that, that guy is just, if you ask him the right question, he's an open book. He could go for 20, 25 minutes. He's just, well, he could go into too much detail when he talked about the winning time show, because it was just before it debuted. It was great to talk to him though. I had a lot of chance to actually, uh, actually open up with him a little bit more off camera, but on camera, he was able to go ahead and let us know a little bit about what was going on behind the scenes at Winning Time, and I, I appreciate the insight. I just like the fact that you know he was able to come on with us before he hit the media trail, and all these other Lakers shows and NBA shows decided to go ahead and bring him on. The fact is, we were ahead of the curve, and uh, we just appreciate the kind of feedback from yourself and everybody else on those interviews with Jeff Perlman, who is the author of the book that became the HBO series Winning Time. So everybody get a chance to go ahead and check out his books he's got a great library of sports books from all around the sports realm two great lakers books and so much more so go ahead and i believe it's jeffperlman.com if memory serves but my friend for you hopefully we can get you back on the air hopefully you can get some little those little fine tuning points on your connections a little bit worked out a little bit better we'll keep trying behind the scenes i know we're gonna keep on trying to slug our way through but john terrence jim uh, you know, just a great cast, Joe, Jamie, everybody that's been a part of the show today. Just been so, Jeff has been great. Cricket has been providing the great jokes in there as well. Clock has been awesome on the sh- on the show as well in the chat room. You guys have been amazing. It's been a great time talking to Sean. I'm just so glad you had all this energy pent up. I'm <laughs> glad you got to go ahead and release it today right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Thank you very much, Podfather. I try, my friend. I certainly try. But if you have any questions for us at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, we had, a, again, a, a great Twitter interaction last night with Joe Sorrell and myself on, on Twitter. We're hoping to go ahead and get that guest on the show to go ahead and t- share his thoughts on LeBron and some of what Joe Sorrell said on the previous episodes. So it'd be great to go ahead and hear some Twitter followers and see what they think about the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, and the whole nine yards. we love to hear it what the what you think out there but please if you have any questions for us at lakers fast break also as well go ahead lakers fast break at yahoo.com and of course if you can and you haven't done so yet please subscribe today i know everybody on youtube asks you to subscribe but there are reasons behind it because youtube loves subscribers they love it when you have subscribers so if you can we appreciate you viewing we appreciate you watching we appreciate you listening But if you can, please go ahead and subscribe today. It is most appreciated by all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, hopefully we can get you back on real soon. Again, I'm hoping for an uh, interview this week with Laker Tom, hopefully Tuesday with Laker Tom. 
plus also as well our group chat on Thursday because Thursday is the big day when the Lakers can and will they offer LeBron extension. And the bigger question is, will he take it? Will he accept it? That'll obviously be the key for the future in the short and long term for the Lakers going forward. So it'll be very interesting to see. The news never ends. The fun never ends. The drama never ends. Subscribe so you can get notifications on when we go ahead and appear at the Lakers Fast Break. I got to get the hit the bell icon. Ting, ting. Hit the bell icon (laughs) to go ahead and subscribe right here, YouTube. But yes, we will keep on reporting what's going on here with the Lakers. And again, as always, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.